Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here with Mike K. Latest episode of the No Huddle Show, the Star Draft Preview episode. My case, first draft he'll be covering with NJ.com. You, you, you ready for this? I mean, we've been writing about it every day for the last <laughs> two months. Yeah, you know I think what? we've listed every single prospect they could possibly draft at this point. <laughs> you know, uh, it's weird because, like, obviously covering the Jaguars, I was doing everything by myself. And it's just kind of fun now to have a partner. Because then you can just be like, how ridiculous is this? How, you know, crazy. Oh, you, you, mean, know? you mean like when you're making your own predictions kind of thing? Yeah, like predictions or you can bounce stuff like, off. How dumb am I being? Or, you know, you see all of the nonsense and then you have somebody in the room to tell you if you're sane or not for your take. You know, I mean, I, I think it's... I mean, to I think, be fair, I almost always tell you you're insane. So. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He is Keep very abusive in our, in our beat, beat relationship. <laughs> but I'm very excited because I think this draft is really unique because... Honestly, I don't mean to downsell it, but this is the probably the lamest draft that I've covered in 10 years. Uh, it's very top-heavy with defensive line. It's very top-heavy with safeties. There, there's, weak quarterback class. Yeah, it's a weak quarterback class. Weak, the running, weak wide receiver at the top, at least. The running back class is kind of smushed together in those middle rounds. like Bad corners, yeah. The wide receiver, whatever. It's very polarizing. The safety it's, like, it's like mid-round guys are good. Like that, That's what this draft is. It's a lot of like the mid-round guys. You might get somebody good, but the first round, it's like once you get past the like top 14 or 15. It reminds me a lot of the Sam Bradford draft. There, there, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford was the one pick number one in that. Right, and Dominic and Sue. <laughs> that draft was kind of like all over the place. That's what this draft is to me, and it, it's an interesting thing because the Eagles are in such a great position to move up. A lot of people focus on the two second round picks, but the two fourth round picks are just as valuable as far as trading up because I I view if this, you're only going within like five picks, yeah. right? I view this team as a team that's going to make calculated risk, take calculated risks. Trading up to number nine in the draft is not a calculated risk. Trading up to twenty two is a calculated risk, or trading back to thirty two is a calculated risk. So I I, I think that. This is going to be a really interesting process. You and I are going to have to drink a lot of coffee on on draft night because we probably won't get anything. You know, we won't have any closure on the first day of the draft until probably late in the. I mean, first ma- draft. imagine when I, I was in Dallas last year. Imagine what I was going through. The Eagles were picked thirty two, and they didn't trade it until right before the pick happened. Well, luckily, so that was like eleven p.m. And then everybody, right. oh come on! <laughs> luckily, you were on three team duty that yeah that, that, that weekend, that. but um. It's in Nashville this week. I yeah. wish I was in Nashville over Dallas, if I'm being completely honest with you. Most people do. But again, I think this is this is going to be a really interesting bottom third of the first round because there's the talent is so equal there. And if the Eagles want to make a move to get somebody outside of that equal talent range, they might have to trade up into the late teens. And that's that's 25 is like a weird spot because it's like the little too far past like if a guy who was projected as a top 10 to 15 pick falls they're probably not going to get to 25 so you're in kind of that range of guys that are pretty closely graded guys that you could probably get if you trade back you know you're not like going to kill yourself over you miss out on a guy because you traded back a couple picks to get somebody else like that that's why 20 that's why 
almost everybody seems to be predicting them trading up or down. I mm-hmm. think 25 is like a prime spot for, you know, as, as, especially look out if like someone like Drew Locke or Daniel Jones falls to 25. For sure. Because then you see like you might see a chart, even if it's only three picks or something like that, a team will move up. We saw last year, look what the Ravens gave up to get Lamar Jackson. They probably overpaid for that pick, honestly. Probably. But, but they got their guy who they think is a franchise quarterback. So if somebody for some reason thinks Daniel Jones is their franchise quarterback, maybe his name's Dave Gettleman. I don't know. They have an early second-round pick. What if, what if the Eagles and Giants traded with it, each other? And Because the Giants have that high second-round pick. Like they, they gave him Daniel Jones thinking, like, all right, this will both get us a pick now and help us for the next 10 years when Daniel Jones takes over for <laughs> no disrespect. Well, <laughs> you know, with... Uh, or less disrespect, I guess. <laughs> You know, it's happened before. The Eagles traded back in the Kevin Cobb year with Dallas, traded back into the second round um, so that the Cowboys could trade up, and it worked out pretty well. Um, what I would say is you look at 25, you brought up that being an interesting, you know, pick. That pick gets traded a lot. Last year, the Ravens and Titans traded. The Titans traded up to 22, and Baltimore traded back to 25 to get Hayden Hurst. Um, the Texan forty-year-old tight end, right? Jabril <laughs> Peppers was the Browns' pick uh, after the Texans traded up to nab Deshaun Watson um, in two thousand seventeen. There, there have been guys that have been just traded pretty recklessly. I mean, there it's also a spot where a lot of teams trade up. If you remember the famous Tim Tebow trade up with the Broncos with the Ravens, yeah. If a quarterback falls that far, that's kind of right. That would happen, yeah. So. Again, we'll see what happens, but I think 25 is an interesting spot. All right, so we're going to get into our preview. I We kind of broke this down into a bunch of different categories. I'm going to throw some stuff at you. You're going to give me your thoughts. You're going to tell me I'm an idiot, all, all that good stuff. There's going to be predictions. That's only your job. <laughs> exactly. I'm giving, I'm giving you the, the floor of <laughs> calling me an idiot today. But So we're, we're going to break down. It's a lot of three by three by three because we want to roll through this quickly, but we'll start out with this. Uh, three players that we think the Eagles could trade away on draft day. The first one uh, is the most oh, draft one of the draft days, I should say. The most obvious one is Nelson Aguilar. We've kind of talked about quite a bit here. Um, we're going to talk about it a little more later on, but he he's the most obvious trade guy, especially if you know they've been tied to all these receivers, especially Marquise Brown. But there's some other guys I think they're interested in, and if they draft someone like AJ Brown or Ankeel Harry, guys that are clear slot receivers, big slots, um, that that's not a great sign for Nelly. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the slot receiver position is so weird because it differs from every single offense of how important it is. Yeah. And when you look at how much they're going to pay Nelson, it's going to be around $9.4 million. They also have two tight ends that are very good and they want to get on the can't field. can't play everyone. Yeah. yeah, you can't play everyone. You've traded for Deshaun Jackson. You have Alshon Jeffrey. I think you can project that the slot position might get somewhat uh take a back seat you 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 could predict that and so i think drafting a guy who's cheaper but just as dynamic makes a lot of sense for them 9.4 million i mean that's that's a lot of money especially for a slot receiver who hasn't gone past 800 yards in his career he was terrific the super bowl year last year it was a bit of a mess but not completely his fault I think if you can get some value for him, maybe trade a fourth for, and him for a high third-round pick, you're feeling good about it. Yeah, um, it, that ultimately comes if they don't draft someone, they're not gonna they're not gonna trade him. But he's the one we have our main eye on. Uh, another one who 
was mentioned first by Shil Kapadi of The Athletic, and I thought it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, is uh, Big V, Halapuli Vati Vaitai. He's their swing tackle. Um, he's entering the last year of his contract. If they plan to draft an offensive lineman this year, it kind of makes sense to see if you can get any kind of value for him. He, he has a lot of experience as a starting tackle. He was on that Super Bowl team. And I think there would be teams that would take him. I don't know what kind of pick you would get for him or maybe use him as part of a package with like other picks to move up or something like that. But he's someone I kind of would keep my eye on. If not during the draft, then maybe after the draft for a pick next year or something like that. I said this during my mailbag the other day. I think it makes a lot of sense to trade him. I don't know if he's more valuable to another team than he is to the Eagles. You know, he knows the blocking scheme. He's been around. Uh, Jason Peters is constantly injured. Um, Yeah, like you said, if they draft his heir apparent, it makes sense because then you're basically saying that Big V is not that guy. Yeah, because then you have that rookie and then you have Matt Pryor and Jordan Mailata. Right. like the third string. And Big V was a fifth-round pick. I think he gets slighted a lot by the Eagles fan base, yeah. and in some in some ways that's that's fine. But for a fifth round offensive tackle, he is more than made up for his yeah. thing. I mean, he's one of the better draft picks. Well, in the last pe- people don't think about it a lot of times with guys, like Jalen Mills is an interesting one. He was a seventh round pick who's been their starter since the beginning. Like that's a value, good value, right? Yeah. And and I think. When you look back at that Carson draft, they have really been able to take those picks, Isaac Sayamalu, make something Big out v, of them, yeah. and and Jalen Mills, and actually really get production out of them, making that draft class that much more important. We've talked about it before. If you can get three starters out of a class or three valuable players out of a class, you've won your draft. And so I think with Big V, what are you trying to get for him? Are you shopping him to be a starter for a team? Because I don't know how many tackles he's better than really in this league. Um, are you trying to upgrade your swing tackle group? Maybe the Texans could be a team. That, that's that's my thought. A team that needs multiple offensive linemen. Yeah, the Texans, the Vikings, maybe those the Panthers teams. could use offensive linemen, yeah. Right, and I think that if you're going to shop him, it has to be on day three because you're not going to get more than a day three pick for him. Maybe it's... Unless he's a part of a like bigger trade. Right, maybe there's a seventh round guy, an undrafted guy that you think might sign elsewhere because he might have a better opportunity and you want to be able to control his rights. Like That makes sense to me. If you want to trade him for a seventh round pick, be my guess. I don't know how many teams are going to be jumping at that offer. Because offensive linemen, especially backup offensive linemen, seem to go through waves of replace. You know, they're easy to replace. They're not. I mean, Big V's played at replacement level, uh, at least last year. As much as they want to praise him, he has not played at a starter level. He was, he was bad last year. The year right. before that, he had showed some flashes. Right. Yeah, he showed. It comes some down to his. If you just want someone who's experienced and has played in big games, I mean, we're that's ta- the value he has. We're talking about. Finding an heir apparent for him for Jason Peters, it's and not he's him. not in the conversation. Yeah. We're people are even talking about Jordan Mailata over, over him. him. Yeah, so a guy yeah. who just started playing football a year ago, <laughs> right? Who's never played in an actual game. meaningful game, an so, actual football game, not just NFL game. <laughs> yeah. So again, I uh, yeah, I, I I mean maybe maybe <laughs> I, I I'm sorry I'm not like blown away enthusiastic about trading him just because I from an outside perspective I don't see what the value is in trading for him during the draft, maybe after the draft. Like you said, I could see him going in a player-for-player trade during training camp or something he like that. He may or may not be involved in one of my trade proposals I have coming up. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll squash that later, but let's <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're supposed to tell me how dumb I am later. All right, or now, either one. Uh, and then the last one is Rizul Douglas, who we've talked about quite a bit on here. That ultimately comes down to if they add another corner, I feel like. I don't know if they're going to trade him unless they do that. Yeah. 
I mean, we both don't think they should trade him anyway. <laughs> but uh, so here's the thing: if you if they draft a corner in the first round, they're trading him. Yeah. He's the guy that's getting traded, like you said. Otherwise, I don't really get what the point is. Yeah. Um, I think especially with Darby and Mills' health, Rasul at worst is your third best corner. Um, and outside, he's probably your second best corner. Um, I don't know. It just kind of seems like getting rid of an asset to bring in another one, and that seems like really terrible business. Which I'm not used to Howie Roseman doing, but who knows? And also, never like put past a small scale thing where they just like dump someone like Shelton Gibson on another team and get a conditional seventh round pick next year or something like that. They've done trades like that in the past. Yeah, I don't know if Shelton Gibson's even worth a conditional. That's a free player. That player, their players worse than him that get traded all the time. Sure. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, I, he's I, could, a, I could, I could, I could find ten trades right now where guys that never even made the team he, he traded to. But he's a gunner, and like that's. Yeah, that's I'm about. just saying a guy like that, like that's something how he does. Yeah, sure. I mean. I doubt it happens, but sure. All right. Uh, okay, three players the Eagles could trade for. The first one I have on the list is Duke Johnson. He's kind of been a name Eagles fans have been targeting all offseason. Uh, that 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 probably would, would kind of be dictated by if, like, Miles Sanders gets picked early in the second round or something. Like, a guy that they really like gets picked and they don't really have a shot at someone they like. You, if you can trade a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and get Duke, I think that's worth it. Yeah, for sure it's worth it. I don't know if Cleveland will do it, but it's worth it. They don't really have much use for Duke by the midseason. They won't. Well, by midseason, yeah. I think he's probably more of a midseason. All right, the other one, linebacker Darren Lee from the New York Jets. Yeah, They seem pretty set on trading him. I don't know. They probably would take pretty low value on him, honestly. If you can get him for a fourth or a fifth, that's worth it also. Yeah, 127 is their first fourth-round pick. I would trade that. He's young. Immediately. Immediately. I I think he's on the last year of his deal. So if you like him, you keep him long-term. If not, then Mm -hmm. move on like that. He's really athletic. I also like the idea of that. So there's 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 a thought process of two ways of really taking advantage of the market. If I can get on a soapbox for a second. Free agents. Well, you're actually standing up on a box right now. I am. <laughs> um, so one really good way of taking advantage of the market is signing guys coming off down years. Uh, good players that are coming off down years because then you can utilize how they're their costs and you can sign them to one-year deals and prove it deals another really good way of maintaining your grasp of the market is trading for guys that teams don't want even if they're good or, or or they're just not scheme fits and i think darren lee is an okay player he's an okay player and you can trade for him on the last year of his deal which is a wait and see thing similar to what they're doing with jordan howard and i i, I think it makes a lot of sense for them especially if you could coerce them into trading for a 2020 conditional pick or what have you. I think that's smart business. Yeah. And the other one's another linebacker who Albert Breer, I believe reported was possibly available. That's Joe Schobert from the Browns. I don't really know that much about him. I think, you know, a little more, but he's young. Yeah. I mean, he was a pro bowl replacement in 2017. He's a tackle machine. He's not going to give you much athletically, but he's very smart. Comes from Wisconsin. He's a smart guy. Like, He's like a Paul Pazlozny-like linebacker. He's not going to do anything special. He's probably going to be a two-down guy, which is fine with them because they already have Nigel Bradham. It allows Nigel Bradham to play outside. It allows Grusher Hill to play outside as well. They brought in LJ Fort to be, 
you know, a guy that they could use nickel coverage and potentially at middle linebacker. It still would allow him to do that. You you would just put him on the field with Bradham and just not start him. Uh, Schobert's basically like a upgrade of a Paul Worlow pretty type. If you, if you really want like a pure, you know, I mean, Worlow is a little, well, was a little bit more explosive pre-ACL. Yeah, we don't right? know what he looks like now. But... but yeah, I mean, if they were to trade for him, that's like bad news for Warlow and Gary. I don't. We'll get into this later, but I, I am very curious to see what they do at linebacker because that's something Eagles fans seem to be passionately saying they need to draft somebody, and I don't know that they will. All right, are we going to talk about that a little later? Yeah, yeah, we are. All right, cool. Yeah, because I got, I got yeah, takes. You got takes on that. All right, here are three trades the Eagles can make to get out of number twenty-five. Uh, you and three different kind of proposals. The first one is like getting them pretty high in the first round. Second one is moving them up a little bit in the first round, and the third is moving them back in the first round. Hit me up. And you can just tell me how dumb, smart, whatever you want to say about them, you, or nothing. If you just don't want to say anything, you're going to be the player it. who they're trading up I'm, for. I'm you? telling you, yeah, I'm going to tell you the player that okay, go for it. that they're going to draft to. Um, all right. So the first one is the Eagles trade their first round pick, their second round pick, number fifty three, and Vitai to the Panthers for their first round pick, number sixteen. And their second, third round pick, number 100. And then the Eagles draft either Jawan Taylor or Andre Dillard if either one of them are there. So they're basically, they're swapping a second for a third to move up. Yeah. And they're... I don't hate it because I really like Andre Dillard a lot. Yeah. Um, and I know and, and the idea being he's both replacing Vitae. The Panthers are getting at least a depth piece on the offensive line. They can probably draft another one later on kind of thing. I think there's some logic to that. Um, wow. There you go. Uh, and I also think 16 is, is fair range. Like, yeah. when you said a big trade-up, I was expecting and a trade-up to I know. seven. I, I, I was trying to come up with, like, the thing is the players that I think are going to be available at, like, twelve, like 10 to 13 range, which would probably be the highest they can go at. I don't know if those are, guy, are guys that are worth trading up that far, unless it, like, at Oliver Falls. Yeah. Um, like, because like, the guys who I see being available there would be, like, Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, maybe Juwan Taylor. Like, I, I don't know if you want to give up you probably have to go up a first, a second, and maybe another pick to get up to that range. Well, if you're trading up like 10 picks, right? Yeah. You probably want a pass rusher. That's the thing. You don't want to trade up for a guy that's like that high that's not going to play in year one. Right. And and I think, but I think there's validity to to that, that logic, though, because I do think that Andre Dillard possesses a special set of athleticism. Yeah. And I do really think he fits the blocking scheme. Then you also have to talk about Gator's bias with Howie Roseman. Does he like Juwan Taylor? The one match for Juwan Taylor in the top 10 is Jacksonville. That is that makes a ton they of sense yeah. for their blocking scheme. It makes a ton of sense for how they want to protect. They clearly want a, a new right tackle because um, Jeremy Parnell is not there anymore. That said, it's either him or TJ Hawkinson. So if they pass and go tight end, then I could see Taylor dropping. Yeah. Unless the Giants maybe traded up to try to get him. But uh, Jonah Williams is another guy, but I think he's going to wind up going top 10. Yeah, if Jonah Williams is at 16, you make this trade. Yeah, yeah, because he can play guard for them this year. Yeah, you, you make this trade right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's logic to that. All right, cool. This one, uh, I don't know if this is the same one that you did in your, your seven round, but I think it might be similar. Uh, so the Eagles trade their first round pick, uh, second round pick, number 53, to the Steelers for their pick, number 20, and the Steelers' third round pick, number 83. So they're trading up five picks and the Steelers basically get to jump up a bunch from the third round to the second round and the Eagles draft Cleveland Farrell right ahead of the Seahawks who need a defensive end now. Are the Steelers giving up too much in that, you think? I think the Eagles are giving up too much in that. Um well, you Not know, it's weird. So so the trade that I proposed was they trade both fourths instead of fifth. Yeah, okay. 
Because I really think those second round picks are just like... So the thought process there is I think you have to keep the second round picks intact because if you trade up in the first, you can do it with fourth and fifth round picks if you're trading up that way. And then in the second round, you can take advantage of the board and trade back one of those second round picks, get a third round pick, and maybe a sixth or seventh round pick. Try to take advantage of that because you know more about what's coming. Um, I don't hate the trade. I mean, I think so you, getting so more like, the, but the the basis idea of them going to twenty and getting Farrell makes the yeah, most sense. Absolute yeah, absolute sense yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, I think Cleveland. I watched a lot of Cleveland Farrell last night. He's grown. I mean, the more I've read up on him too. Woo, boy, he could play right now, kind of thing. Oh yeah, he he. he There's some guys you got to develop him, but he's one of those that will step into the like Chris Long won't be coming back if they get Farrell. Well, I don't know if he's coming. I, I'm yeah, just saying, like, no, I go like in terms of like playing time and stuff. So I watched him versus Notre Dame and Pitt, and so here are some of my so not like not extensive notes, but like he is so quick off the line, and his length is like so apparent in everything he does. I think that's what's appealing the. The Eagles really focus a lot on on short limbed and shorter defensive ends, and I think he would be kind of a uh, you know a wild card from that perspective. Is you could have a longer guy. Also, with a new D line coach, maybe he prefers bigger guys. Like that was the thing in Jacksonville. Marion Hobby preferred long, tall guys, and they got rid of like half their <laughs> defensive line rotation. Um, he's very good on stunts. They put him in zone coverage at times, which was really interesting to me. I mean, it happens every now and then. But um, the only knock I really had on him was he leaves his feet a lot and he needs to develop some better pass rushing moves. But I think that's something you can develop, especially behind somebody like Brandon Graham or, and, and Vinnie Curry. I think I think it's it would be a smart move to bring him in. I, he's the guy that, to me, makes the most sense for a trade-up. All right. And that feels like the sweet spot, the Steelers pick, number 20. Yeah, because... Especially because they have the same needs, kind of, as the Seahawks. Yeah, initially, you wanted to trade with the... Everybody wants to... Yeah, because they had no picks. Right, they came into the draft with four picks, no second-round picks. That makes sense, right? Now. But now, it's like, well... They got, what, an extra second-round pick for... for, Well, I got a first and a second. Yeah, they got a 2020 second. 2020 second, but a first. So they have two firsts. Right, and then they're swapping thirds, which means they're trading back on the third. But... I mean, they smoked Kansas City in that trade. Like, it, well, and then Kansas City went and gave him like the richest contract. For right, but he is a great fit for he, Steve he is, Spagnuolo's he defense. It's just a, it's interesting three, three series three. of moves for the Chiefs. We won't go into it too much, but the way they got rid of Ford and then I would have traded twenty five for him, but that would have been it. That oh, would have been Clark. Yeah, twenty five, and then we're done. Yeah, but I don't know if Howie would have paid him the money he was going to get. Right, though. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but last night on Farrell. I do think that he could be in play for them, for the for the Seahawks. So, yeah, you're going to jump. And the Steelers are incentivized to trade back because they need wide receiver help. And they're still probably, if one's taken, they still probably feel good enough that they can trade back and yeah. get one, one of the two wide receivers they're probably targeting at that point. Exactly. All right, proposal three. This one's a little more low-key. The Eagles trade their first-round pick to the Patriots, who have the number 32 pick, and they get one of the Patriots' third-round picks. I had number 97. And then the Eagles pick Jeffrey Simmons at number 32. I like that. Um, I would ask for more. Yeah, um, I, th- I thought that would be your response. Uh, I, I went based on the trade value chart and that kind of lined up, right. but it would make sense if they got another fourth or something like that. Too. I mean, the Patriots have 12 picks. I'd want a third, and a, a third, a fifth, and a seventh. Or a third, a fifth, and a sixth. Uh, they have like 45 seventh-round picks. Yeah, they have a lot of picks. Um, because 
and, and people knock on this, but seventh round picks are very important when you are trying to get undrafted free agents. I know that sounds kind I mean, of counterintuitive. They, they traded up to get Malata in the seventh round last year. Right. You do it so that, that you can you take risks on guys. Yeah, you yeah. can take flyers and stuff like that. And, you know, it, people will be like, well, why wouldn't they want to play for the Eagles? Well, you know, if the San Francisco 49ers are calling it's up. A, it's, and, about, it's about the best chance to play. Right. And if you're a wide receiver in San Francisco as opposed to the yeah. Eagles, when you have Deshaun yeah, Jackson sure. and all these guys. Um I know for a fact that they've been making calls this week. About, I mean, they do it every year, but some of the guys that they've targeted as undrafted guys or specialists, wide receivers, guys like that, they want to add talent. And I think if you can if you can mitigate potential disasters in undrafted free agency, because you want to have a strong undrafted free agency class, that's what you do. Uh, that said, let's talk about Simmons, right? Yeah, I think it's an important discussion because he's been tied to the Eagles quite a bit. The reason why you trade back is because then you feel good that you've attained more assets, or you've obtained, sorry. Yeah. You've obtained more assets. Well, you know me. I do for one every podcast. You, <laughs> that, you, that was one of your better ones. That's yeah. <laughs> you obtain <laughs> extra asset. Well, um, so instead of getting just one player, you're getting two players out of the pick. And he, even if he doesn't play this year, then you still have those the two seconds and a third coming. And you watch him on tape. He is really, really talented. Like, it's no joke. I saw, he, I saw Yahoo Sports' uh, Eric Edholm had him as the number three overall prospect in this draft, even considering everything. Like, that, that based on talent, like, they're, he's not the only one who probably thinks that, but the injury thing is just a concern. Yeah, and I've known Eric. I mean, it's a torn ACL. I've known Eric for years, and he is a really, really I, strict grader. So for him to kind of do say, you I mean, that, know, that's hey, a bold ranking. Yeah, right? it's a bold ranking, and it's probably true. Yeah, I think um, in terms of talent, I don't think people would disagree with him. It just comes down to, would you draft a guy who tore his ACL a couple months ago? And um, I've spoken to people that were close to him while he was training, and he has a great personality. He's a really good kid. I know he's got some off-the-field baggage. Yeah. But, but the Eagles it, would do their background. Um, they already have by now, obviously. It sounds like he's very reformed. The, the ACL seemed like a very freak accident I, you don't have to worry about him being injury prone the issue you have to worry about is the Sidney Jones factor where are they going to be a little bit more gun shy giving up big assets to select a guy who may or may not develop based on being out of football for a year and maybe stunning his growth and maybe has lingering effects I mean it, it people it's are gonna a high say risk that, high reward type situation that's right. why you that's why you trade back for him though. right and yeah. people are going to say they're two different situations. Well, yes and no. You have to feel comfortable. This team wants to win now. Exactly. They, they have to build for the future, but they want to win now. And w- you have to kind of weigh that. The guy that I would target if he was still there at 32 personally is Jerry Tillery. Yeah, I, I knew I, you would I, say that. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of his. I don't know how much of a scheme fit he is. Yeah, but that's, good. that's the main question I have. But he's talent, like you take the most talented guys and you figure it out usually. I personally think they could put him at end. I mean, he could be a Vinny Curry-like player to me. I could see them using him like I mean, even Mike if you Bennett. develop as a, yeah, like a Michael Bennett, as I was about to say, you know, you can play both. And I think that's what they're going to be missing this season is a guy who can play multiple positions. Like, you can put Malik out at defensive end, but I'm not, I'm not in love with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All right. Next one. This one's a little more, a little more fun. Who are your three favorite prospects that you'd like to see the Eagles draft at any point? I'll, I'll give you mine first. Yeah, I'll let you think a little bit. Uh, the first one... I'll go in order of like their draft. This is in any round, by the way, not just first round. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is the first one I thought of. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I don't think the Eagles will draft a safety in the first round. That's kind of not their MO. But he's kind of like a Malcolm Jenkins clone in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've shown a lot of interest in him in the pre-draft process. And he's a guy that could step in as a number three safety this season. 
and become Malcolm Jenkins' replacement in a few years. Like I, in terms of pure talent, I think he's not getting as much credit as he's probably because of his height. I think he's five eleven. He's also got sh- he's short limbed. He, yeah, he's pretty strong. I think he's a little big for his size. I think he's like two hundred something pounds. Yeah, he's so. Thicker. So it's that, I think that's that makes it a little bit different than just a five foot eleven guy. And they they've shown a willingness to draft undersized guys. They drafted Avante Maddox in the fourth round last year, and he's one of their most promising young talents. So I really liked him. Um, Debo Samuel, wide receiver, South Carolina. He'd be a second round target. Um, he can do a little bit. He can pl- he can be a big slot. He can play on the outside. And I think drafting him, you would have the ability to keep Nelson Aguilar this year if you wanted to, and then you have four good receivers and let him. Although I think he's ready to play right away. Uh, I think he he's kind of someone that has been under the radar just because everybody's focused on Hollywood Brown and all these other guys who kind of ran crazy at the combine, like Paris Campbell and guys like that. But uh, he, he's someone that I'm pretty confident is going to be a good NFL player at least. Maybe he's not a star. I think he'll be good. And the other one is a uh, defensive tackle, Colin Sanders. I found out that it's pronounced Colin, not Kalen, like it's spelled, mm-hmm. which is interesting. He this, this is another thing for me to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is part selfish because he's one of the most interesting per- people in this draft, and he'd be a lot of fun to be able to interview like on a weekly basis. He like his daughter was born on the first day of the Senior Bowl, and he like still made it out there. Yeah. He went viral because he like did a backflip in a video. And my favorite tidbit is that he was nicknamed Fat Kyrie for his skills, for his famous skills in like a, the rec league basketball or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think he can dunk and like this dude's like six foot and like three hundred pounds, and they called him Fat Kyrie at Western Illinois. But he's he's really athletic for his size. He'd be like a, a nice developmental like third defensive tackle. You could rotate with Trayvon Hester as like the third guy this year, I think, if they didn't get someone in the first round or something. Uh, he's kind of one of my favorite like day two, day three guys. All right, All right. Who, who you got? I think Christian Wilkins is probably the. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to to word this. I don't think he's the best player in the class. But I think he's the most perfect fit for what the Eagles are trying to do. Um, I think the idea of him being behind Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson makes so much sense. He can stop the run. He can rush the passer. I think he's going to be a top 12 pick. And he should be. Yeah, frankly. I feel like everybody's saying he's going to fall to the Eagles. I feel like they're There's overestimating There's no that way. Bit, if he yeah. falls to the Eagles, I will shave my head. <laughs> I would like to see that. I mean, I'm not going to shave it all the way, but I would shave it to like your length. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, he, he's probably my favorite defensive player in the draft. I don't think it happens, but, you know, they would have to make one of those. We're just talking about guys we like for the Eagles. Right. So. My favorite player, bar none in this draft, is Daryl Henderson. Like, it's not oh. even close. I, I love that kid. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's a guy that is just a big play waiting to happen. He averaged 8.9 yards per carry last year. Uh, 8.2 for his entire career it was a touchdown scoring machine. I just think he's the ideal fit with Jordan Howard. It makes too much sense. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. He's got amazing straight line speed. He's probably going to be available in the third round. I think I I probably overprojected him because of how much I like him in the second round. But he's probably more of a third round pick, even though there's some people talking about him being in the first round. I love the kid. He's five foot yeah, eight. There's little, no way that's that going to happen. I don't even know if Josh Jacobs will be a first round pick. So. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about Josh Jacobs a little yeah, later, yeah. but uh, yeah, Daryl Henderson's special. I, I got a one A and a three A and a three B if I can. If I can, fine. You break the rules. It, he's not going to the. I doubt he goes to the Eagles just because of where they're positioned, unless they trade back weirdly in the second round. But Dalton Reisner, um, I knew you were going to say he's a special him. person, and I think he would be perfect for that locker room and for that city. There's a lot of Chris Long to him. 
But I also think his versatility is really special. He was a freshman center, starting center at Kansas State, and Bill Snyder has you make all the calls and do all of like the protections and everything as a center, surrounded by some future draft picks and seniors. I mean, nothing but seniors. And then he was asked to move to right tackle and became a pretty good right tackle. He's nasty. He's athletic. Um, he's a he's a man. You know what I mean? And I think he's a guy that um, could be a, a foundational piece on that offensive line, whether it's a guard or center or offensive tackle. He also really loves Jason Kelsey. Um, and talking to him, I got the vibe that he would really love to be an Eagle. My 3B would be Gary Jennings from West Virginia. They That's a good, draft late. That's a, a good late round guy. Yeah, yeah, they draft a West Virginia kid <laughs> almost, it seems like, almost every year. Um, you know, to me, he's a guy that could eventually take over for, for Nelson Aguilar. There's, he's got some work to do as a route runner. He's got some work to do with his hands. But he's a really good blocker. He's tough as nails. He'll go across the, the middle. Um He's a very good yards after the catch type of guy. He's just tough, and I, I I really like Gary Jennings a lot. He's got good length and size for the slot. He's six one, I think two oh six. So he's a guy that I could see them falling in love with and being that fourth wide receiver. You some topics, some observations, and you kind of just react to them. We're gonna a little more rapid fire, but just give your thoughts. Yes, no, whatever you're thinking. It's a variety of stuff for about the Eagles, but we'll start here. All right, you ready? You have to say yes. You can't just shake your head. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot we're on a podcast. <laughs> All right. The Eagles will draft a running back on day one or day two? False. Why? Well, I, I just think there's a lot of talent in that fourth, fifth round range. I, I, I really like Justice Hill a lot. Uh, and, and I like Rodney Anderson. And I like... You can get a good player in fourth round. Yeah, I think there's going to be... There's, you know, James Williams. Like, there's guys that are going to be there. I think they're going to look more... If they don't take somebody in day, on day one, I think they're going to look for more of a complimentary back. So, but, so that means you think that they would consider someone on day one? Is that what you're saying? I think... I don't know. Josh Jacobs is really good. But I don't think they're going to have the opportunity to. I think he's gone. It sounds like the Raiders might get him. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Eagles will make multiple trades involving draft picks. True. I, I think... You see, like, a move up or move down round one and then... Uh, yeah, I think they do something with one of the second-round picks f- for sure, and then I could see them moving up or down in the first round. And this one's actually timely because as we were recording this game, I said Nelson Aguilar will be traded. True. You think true on, on one of the draft days, you're saying? Yeah, I think you can get maybe a fourth-round pick for him. I could see them doing, like, a really intriguing player swap, like a... Maybe you trade him straight up for Chris Harris, you know. That would be that would be a very interesting trade. I also think a team that you really need to look out for with him. We talked about him before, New England. He makes so much sense for New England. Yeah, uh, like you and I talked off air about this. I yeah. said he's like the classic Patriot because they could get him for the one year. If he does great, they let him go and they get a third round pick for him. Next year. And and worth noting, they have two really late third round picks. Yeah, and that's kind of probably the the highest point of his value. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a weird case because, like we said, his production kind of doesn't match his salary, but he is talented. So it's like it's kind of hard to get a read on. He's, what in, he's in a really odd situation. He's also a Chip Kelly pick, so it puts him in an even weirder. And the Eagles kind of showed that they don't prioritize him with the way they traded for Golden Tate and then didn't really get him the ball that much after that point. Well, it seemed like they traded for Golden Tate because they wanted to figure out who they want. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exa- well, the, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else. Oh, the Eagles will not draft a linebacker. True. 
You're saying they won't? If they acquire a linebacker, it'll be via trade. Now, that's another one that's kind of interesting. Darren Lee for, for Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, another. That's the Jets. Who are their receivers? They have uh, they have Quincy, Robbie Anderson. Uh, uh, Noonway, uh, Robbie Did they sign somebody? Um, well, they signed it. Le'Veon Bell, who's going to catch well, I mean, more passes. That's a receiver, yeah. I think. I can't remember who. But nobody that's like... I think Nelson Aguilar is probably the best receiver. Better than <laughs> yeah. all of those guys. Yeah, that would be interesting. Although I love the new way. I should put that for the record. <laughs> By the way, we're, what we were talking about, Ian Rappaport said that it sounds like he's available. It was the report that he had. He's but, been available. But that, I don't think that's a new Boo-boo. thing. Yeah, I don't think that's a new The Eagles will wind up having a th- third-round pick and a seventh-round pick at the end of the day, which they don't have either of them True. right now. True. True. Whether that's via trade backs, trade ups, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. All right, the Eagles will draft a quarterback. If they have that third and seventh round pick. So, yeah, true. So, you think they would do it in the seventh round? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I just think it'd give them oh, the that, You're saying that like, so then they can get something else. Right. I could see them who, drafting. Who's, who's a development? I know you've talked about some of these guys, but who's like not a top four rounds guy, like a five to seven? So, I've got two guys that I really like Brett Ripon, who, who is set yeah, like. He's, one of, he's my favorite guy. Yeah. Ton of college records. He's really undersized. Probably never going to be a starter, okay. but he could be accurate. He could be one of those Jim Sorgi types, like that, like sticks around the league for a while. And the other guy I really like is Gardner Minshew from from Washington State. He put up a ton of numbers. He's pretty accurate. The touchdown to interception ratio is fine. He's just really short. Um, I think he could be a decent West Coast backup. Uh, he could you could feel good about him being the third string guy this year. I definitely think he could be out. Luis Perez. Um, and then maybe, you know, you're talking about him next year. I, I agree with the drafting the quarterback every year thing. Yes. All right. This one is a little more fun. So there are a few players that I think are going to fall for varying reasons. And I want you to rank what you think the Eagles would pick at 25 if all four of them were there. Okay. DK Metcalf, Rashawn Gary, Montez Sweat, Greedy Williams. Montez Sweat, you run up. Like, it's not even... Even with the heart thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, see, that's that, that, what's that's weird. The... If I'm evaluating and it's me, yes. Now, the Eagles... Yeah, if you have to be comfortable with... Right. You have to manage that his entire mm-hmm. career, pretty much. Right. Um, but if you believe the talent is worth it, then you do it, obviously. Yeah, Gary yeah. would probably be number two. Yeah. Who are the... I got DK. DK. Who's the fourth and guy? Gre- and Greedy Williams. Uh, DK than Greedy. Yeah. Uh, Greedy is not the type of cornerback that Jim Schwartz typically subscribes to. He's not he, very he aggressive. He seems to be the guy where a lot of Eagles fans are like, I don't want a corner, but if Greedy Williams is there, that's the only reason why I put him Yeah, there. I mean, I think he's very talented. I just don't think he's the type of tackler. He's like a really good athlete, but he also, I don't know, I, I, he's not maybe as good as everybody thought at the beginning of the process. I think this cornerback class it's pretty is weak. pretty terrible. Which, is my, which has been, by the way, my main argument about them not drafting a cornerback in the first round. Oh, that reminds me. <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know. We'll have to, we'll we'll have have to, to figure it out we'll off figure air, out. I guess. Yeah, and we'll announce This it. podcast is only we're gonna so be, long. We're going to have a couple podcasts this weekend for you guys, by the way. Yeah. Um, all right, this one's a little more simple, and this, and we'll, we can end on this note. This is like a general... You know, I think we've talked about the, who the Eagles like the most and stuff. So I guess who are three players you think the Eagles are most likely to draft at pick number 25 if they stay there? Who will be available? Like, if you had to name three players that you think are the most likely to be the one that Roger Goodell is booed and says his name of, <laughs> who would they be? Marquise Brown, Cody Ford, Jerry Tillery. would be my three. Just because I think if they stay at 25... And Brown's there. Brown's the pick. I think ideally, if they can do a quick trade up, 
Cody Ford would be their pick. And if they trade back, Tillery would be their guy. So that's kind of my thinking. I'm, I'm going to say a different third one instead of Tillery. I'm going to say Garrett Bradbury. The guard, huh? Okay. And, and center. Yeah, it's true. Replace Jason Kelsey down the line. Uh, I don't know if he'll be there at 25, but... All right. Yeah, I think the Titans at 19. Yeah. That's probably but a sweet spot. I also really like Chris Lindstrom as a potential. He'd be a trade-back guy. Yeah, he would. Uh, in theory. I'm, I mean, if they really... He's a guy that can play this year, so... Yeah, tomorrow, they really, really like him. But. Tomorrow, I'm going to rank the 11 guys that are most likely, and Lindstrom's probably yeah. towards the back end. Yeah. Are you ranking in terms of, like, the most likelihood that yeah. they draft them kind of Yeah, thing? kind of. I've got to think of a way to word it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll find out in the morning. You'll find, yeah. Stay tuned to see how Mike screws up the English language. <laughs> Speaking of, we have, we have a lot of content on our website about the draft. You guys should check it out, nj.com slash eagles. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, uh, Friday morning with the podcast recap in round one, and then we'll have an overall recap on Saturday. All right, guys, thanks. Thanks.